Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hey everybody, I'm Michelle Collins, and welcome to Earwolf Presents, featuring an episode of my show, Midnight Snack. March is Women's History Month, and to celebrate, here is an episode featuring one of my favorite people ever, Kristen Chenoweth, who is a strong but tiny female lead, and we just love her so very much. Kristen Chenoweth is absolutely one of my favorite performers, people, uh, interviews. She's so much fun and genuinely not just such a powerhouse voice, but everything she stands for, I just love. And so I'm really excited for all of you guys to hear my interview with her and also uh, my co-host, Dan Acton. We, uh, we unpack something. You might want to prepare yourself. Anyway, I'm Michelle Collins. If you want to match the voice with the face, you can follow me on Instagram at Mishcall. And I'm very excited for you guys to hear this episode of Midnight Snack. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Collins. Welcome to another sizzling hot episode of Midnight Snack. And this is a rare episode for a number of reasons. One... We're recording it on International Women's Day, which means that I, a woman, am working on this day, which I think is a little fucked up. I, you know, listen, can we be honest? It feels like a fake holiday. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Is it a holiday? Yeah, yeah Dan, holiday. it is a holiday. Okay. Anyway, back to us. Um, it's Michelle Collins. It's Midnight Snack, but it's an interesting episode because normally we record this. Uh, Dan, it's like noon. And for me, it's usually five o'clock here in England. And it yeah. does have like afternoon energy a little bit. The difference now is um, mm-hmm. I was having horrible acid reflux. Is this sexy to open with this? I think so. I was having like deadly acid. I'm yeah. just going to like, this is fun. I was having deadly acid reflux and I actually, we had to postpone our interview. I, I just really felt like shit. It's the second time it's happened to me, which we can talk about. Oh, wow. But. It happened to me in Italy, and I literally thought I had a heart attack. Now I know that it's when I drink milk. <laughs> and the reason, and those for those listening, why did I drink milk? Who do I think I am? Remember the pig milk episode? A classic. A midnight snack classic. You tell me. <laughs> I drank milk because I buy so many freaking tuna sandwiches at Joe and the Juice. They gave me a free shake. Oh. And I don't really do shakes. So I saw they had a coffee one. I thought this is good because I always you know, buy their iced coffee to keep in the room. I thought, perfect. So we kept it a day in the room. And then during my radio show today was sipping it. And it was, meanwhile, I'm like, why am I gaining weight? Meanwhile, I'm drinking coffee milk from the cow teat, <laughs> suckling away like the little piggy I am, suckling away. And I I drank like a whole big jug of this like coffee milk, half of which was grounds, which I don't even know. You know, it's like when the, in the espresso martini when they put the huh. beans in it, which I know is supposed to symbolize good luck. Oh, yeah. Keep the beans. I don't need the beans. It's annoying. <laughs> it's good luck. What they say three beans for luck. You never heard that? Three beans for luck no. and a cherry on top. <laughs> 
famous song. Listen, I don't feel like re-singing. I don't want to sing it again. Don't make me sing it again. It's, it's bad luck to sing it more than once. That's also known. You can only sing it once, once a day. <laughs> Anyway, so I had this whole milky concoction today and it was, but it was delicious. You know what it tasted like? Melted Haagen-Dazs coffee ice cream. Oh, that's nice. It was delicious. Suckling away with a little brown milky mustache, having the time of my life. (laughs) Anyway, the longer the short is, I had such bad acery fees that I couldn't, Mm. I had to lay down. I had to take an hour long nap just to like forget about the pain, you know? So I think I'm off milk and I really want to cut carbs. Remember when I did that and it was like not a problem for me and I was motivated? How do I get back there mentally? Yeah. I know. What happened? You you were were doing like sushi. Yeah, you're right. I think it was easier like in America because yeah. everybody in England eats bread. It's just it, everyone is out there. It's oh, like the no. lady in Beauty and the Beast all day. Everybody looks like that. They're all carrying around <laughs> trays of loaves. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so many trays of loaves. I'm like, can you put it down for two seconds? I have a question. Anywho, Dan Acton, Michelle Collins. So here's the point is that it's 11.15 p.m. now. Hmm. And I'm Dan is like in a very intimate spot because he's on my little laptop. And he's getting like a fortune yeah. version of me because I'm just like laying in bed. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite site. Fortune. <laughs> Fortunes for luck and a cherry on top. <laughs> so stupid. Anywho, um, no, you're really getting an ugly angle. I really like looked in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I, I physically changed. I texted a friend. I had, um, I did have dinner tonight, which I like, I did feel better. I took, a, I have like old poison pills called ranitidine or something. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's a cure-all. It's a cure-all. Are they like, are they like, are they like inside your fake tooth? <laughs> like you have a hollow <laughs> No, let's <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. End it all? It's called, it's called it End It All. And I swallowed it. And it didn't work. Damn it. Damn it. Not again. It didn't work. And here I am. That's why I have a new episode. My End It All didn't kick in. <laughs> Fingies crossed for next week, people. Every week I try it out. This uh, episode has been brought to you by End It All. It's just a quick trick to get rid of your problems in one fell swoop. End It All. No, renitidine, Dan. It's renitidine, and it's like an anti-acid pill that was taken off the market because it's literally rat poison, but I still have them from like 500 years ago. So anyway, um, make a long story short, I... um, I took it and I felt better. So I met my friend Brian Moylan tonight um, for dinner. We had delicious Middle Eastern food. But I texted him on the way. I was like looking at my outfit. And I realized that like lately the way that I'm dressing, I'm literally dressing like fat Tomb Raider. Like that's just my look. (laughs) And it's like, and that's not a bad thing. It's just legitimately exactly what I look like. It's just fat Tomb Raider. Refrigerator. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love our evening shows. Refrigerator is so funny. Lara Croft's refrigerator is literally going to be my Halloween costume, except the joke is it's not a costume. It's literally what I fucking look like right now. Oh, Lord. We're just two dumb pieces of shit, huh? Anyway, um, by the way, the longer the episode goes on, the further down the bed I slide. But in an hour, I'm going to be le- I'm going to be just flat. <laughs> yeah, I know. So flat. Like- I got to sit up. All right. That's better. Um, anyway, uh, so Danny boy, I don't know. I liked it better laying. I'm going to lay again. Really? I liked it. I thought it was like more like sleepover. Okay. <laughs> it felt more fun. Okay. I'm Relax. back. Look at these big yeah. old titties though, huh, Dan? Look at them. Mm. You're going to tell me that's not fat chain raider right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's getting the whole show tonight. Men, there, there are like this two men on the planet who would pay a lot of money to see what you just saw. You don't even know, like two, maybe three men, <laughs> maybe three men. Um, Danny, what are some stories we have to catch up on? Because I feel like, you know, it's funny. I feel like we do this podcast. We're actual real life friends, but then sometimes we like won't yeah. talk because it's like, well, let's save it for the pod. And then I'm like, but I want to talk to Dan. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. Um, well, I think this time you owed me a, me a phone call. <laughs> Like last week, I owed you a phone call, and then this week. By the way, listener, I don't know Um, what the hell he's talking about because who owes who a call? I said you I was going to call you. No. Yeah, you were like five minutes. Wait, that's true. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so busy raiding the fridge. I didn't have time to pick up my phone and and talk to you. You know what the truth is though? Because I was saying to Dan, Dan looks very skinny, and you're looking great. And you said that I have. You really do look skinny. Honestly, I'm looking at you. Um, and it's funny, maybe we have, maybe we're in some sort of like mentally, spiritually symbiotic relationship where when you lose weight, I gain it. Is that possible? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Cause like, I think when you slumped down, I was looking, uh, do you know what I mean? It, it kind of yeah. Over. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, this is like a great competition. <laughs> I realized today, like, you know, when like people date feeders, I'm like, what if I'm my own feeder? It's yeah. like self-pleasuring. It's like, like <laughs> well, it's like hot potato. Like one of us. <laughs> Did someone say potatoes? What's the news? (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry, you just reminded me. I've got some ice cold fries in the fridge. No, I don't. Wait, so listen, let's talk about it. Um, But what was the thing you told me to take? Mm. What was the pill? End it all? End it all? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Wait, the the pill for for, uh, health? Um, I I, I tried taking this this thing called turkesterone, and uh, it's totally legal. And you can get it on Amazon and everything. And uh, it's really helping with like working out. And uh, is it giving you like more of a bump? Like, is it giving you kind of energy? Yeah, I need that. Do you know, I talked about it on my radio show today that um, Robin Dixon from the Real Housewives of Potomac, she wrote this whole long Instagram post about how she's just been diagnosed with adult ADHD. And I was reading about all of her symptoms and legitimately it was like someone wrote an article about me. I'm like, oh my God, I have all of those things. But like, what's what's the solution? Coke? Like, what do I, here we go. Turkesterone, (laughs) German Pharma. Yeah. How it works from the Tampa Bay Times. Did you know it's also known as the Ajuga Turkestanica extract? That's what I call my boobs. Ajuga. <laughs> so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Sorry. But it's a steroid, Danny. I can't take a steroid. I look like Liz Taylor. No, it it's says not it. a steroid. It's it not an ectosteroid. Liz- well, and let me word. tell you something else. The last thing I need is to increase my <laughs> testosterone. I already grow like a full soul patch. It says turkesterone also has adaptogenic properties, benefits of mental health by, oh, I need this, Same. alleviating anxiety. Another advantage, it does not, and it yep. doesn't amplify testosterone levels. 
Is this real or is this like a Dr. Yeah. Oz pill? It's I think it's real because I took it and I feel great and uh, positive. All Do you know that it's effects. sold on a website like called the- GorillaMind.com? Now I'm sold. I wasn't <laughs> sold until that. I get it from uh, this YouTube fitness guy who literally like he's he has an amazing physique. He talks like Gilbert oh, God. Like he like screams at you. <laughs> But I used to like hate it, but now I'm like into it after like a hundred. Well, hours it's a Dan. Also, um, you'll just Dan will send me like screenshots of the videos he's watching, and it's just like, um, yeah, Horace Mayhart plays the harpsichord in 1916. It's just he's always finding the weirdest <laughs> shit. I'm like, oh yeah, what? yeah and then you send true. it to me. I'm like, why do I want to see this? Okay, no, I'm kidding. It says turkesterone <laughs> is to animals and plants what testosterone is to humans. I already don't like this. And researchers, I mean, because literally, you're going to end up seeing me on the pod. The gorilla, like two right weeks from I'm going to be like, so damn, <laughs> what's new? Talk to me. <laughs> okay, wait. You know, I can do very deep. I can go deep voice. Um, but it says you might want to dial back before buying it. I want to read about this. Researchers thought we could consume turkesterone to build more muscle, but it has no science to back up the argument. Don't be mad at me. I'm reading from Google.com. The latest study <laughs> says that after 10 weeks of men training, the group that was supplementing with this stuff saw bigger muscle gains. Here we go. However, the study has a few red flags, such as unreliable testing machines. Okay, the dropout. Okay, Theranos, what's this about? Um, only when you have all the data. I mean, this is so boring. Why? Oh, my God. Is this your guy? Yeah. No, Jeez, but I know who I that is. I bet you do. I bet you know who that is. Well, I'm just afraid to try it because anything that, like, will kick in, I can't push my testosterone, you know what I mean, any higher. No, no. It's like I, gonna, I've lasered well, all my shit off already. Like I can't, I can't financially afford to take this. If my hair grows back, <laughs> like I can't do it. Do you have any good stories? Talk to me, Danny. What's up? I, I told you about the Viking Museum. They have a funny thing that they have there that I discovered, so I could send please it send to it to me. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. Um, do I, I feel like I had a story that I was like, save it for the pod. I nearly died on an escalator today. Do you care about that? No. Did you get how? What did you? What were you gonna ask? Because your mind went somewhere. Did you? Did you get like stuck in the? I'll tell you what happened. This you, idiot, you know, what? classic English guy, like flat nostril. You know Richard Scarry's busy, busy world face. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Later, Hosen, the little green hat. Picture it. Classic, classic English. <laughs> swastika armband just follow me here anyway no. uh, sure, so this sure. guy but like a you know, well-dressed guy but you know clearly going to work had a box genuinely it was the size of maybe the biggest box ups it was huge it was like this big white rectangular box on one of those hand cars but it was really like massive to the point yeah. where it blocked almost the entire um escalator so normally you know there's a rule in england where you like stay to the right so people can walk down on the left no one could pass because of how big this box right. was took up the whole thing just picture it so i'm behind him i'm like right. three steps behind him and as yeah. he's walking off and pulling this hand car to leave he pulls it so it he doesn't wait until like the step is flat. He pulls it. So it like has to like bop down like two inches because the step is still up and yeah. the box fell right, off right, right. the hand car. Now, mind you, I'm coming. Like I, the thing is I'm so coming. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, was, there was yeah. nowhere like I couldn't step around it. It was like, OK, I'm going to fall over this box. Yeah. Oh, no. And so I got right. I went <laughs> had my mask on and I was just like, OK, this is scary. And then I went fucking asshole. Like, I didn't say it like that. I think I said it after <laughs> I passed. I was like a fucking asshole. But he really was an idiot. Like, be careful because look what could have happened. I didn't even turn around to see. But mainly right. he was or basically he had um, he started to panic, understandably, and like was trying to put it back on the dolly. But at this point, it was like off of it. Like yeah. at this point, it was done. Like it, the whole thing was a mess. And I just like right. put my hand on his back and like almost used it. And I just hopped over the box and I got out unscathed. <laughs> I actually like walked away like completely unharmed and it's sort of a miracle and I really thank my long yeah. legs because if I was a short person that wasn't yeah. happening it was That's really scary. scary have you ever seen when uh, escalator like stairs just like no. drop out like you can fall it's like wait what that's horrifying. happened before like, like where like I've it. seen where it just it drops happened. I think if they're fixing it, you just don't know. It's it's like very deep, like scary. when you look into it. So Dan just scary. sent me an article. Um, it's uh, from it's called the Lloyd's Bank Coprolite. No, <laughs> what is this? First of all, where did you even find this? this? Is what, well, I was like, I was looking at the the Viking Museum of York, which I think you should. Go oh, it's to. here in England. Um, and this. Oh, go yeah. on. Yeah, so you could go, and I was looking at like what you know famous exhibits yeah. they have and this was one of the the things that you can, can you see, see how far york is from london while i read this first yeah, of all can i just say why this is also absolutely so funny so first of all isn't lloyd's of london like people always get their legs insured by lloyd's of london for like a million dollars yeah they or always their space yeah they did, or whatever. that's true well, this yeah. lloyd's bank yeah. so lloyd's of london <laughs> here it's called a coprolite and it is a large piece of shit it is large desiccated human dung specimen that is really big how many inches is it do they say oh, oh my god yeah, okay Ew, this is really <laughs> gross are we really gonna do this it, it's up to you it's uh four hours all right i'm in <laughs> It's practically next door uh okay says archaeologist first of all how on earth to the first of all, I'm sorry. You're an archaeologist. You're digging. You're hoping to find, uh, I don't know, a Roman vase, maybe uh, a dinosaur tooth, and instead you find an eight inch long desiccated piece of shit. And then the bank insures it. Then the bank names it. It's like the MetLife Stadium. It's the Lloyd's Bank piece of shit here. Desiccated human dung. Um, it says here they were excavating the Viking settlement of Jorvik, now York, in England. Um, by the way, Wikipedia is so funny. <laughs> it is a picture of it. I mean, listen, it, for those who don't want to see it, let me just describe it. Um, it looks like a made big old piece of shit. I mean, there's nothing about it that looks old. It looks like a big piece of shit. I've seen this on 8th <laughs> Avenue and 52nd Street. It's right. like on the ground. <laughs> So I don't know why this is like at a museum. Have these people been to a New York City? It's all over the floor there. Okay, so material. Here it says it's so like scientific. Material, human excrement. Now there is a little um thing there. This is from someone named Tony Horwitz. It says uh it may not be the lost ark, but then Andrew isn't exactly Indiana Jones. That's what the article that Cites it. Okay. So it's right. <laughs> so it's making fun yeah. of the guy that discovered it. That's that funny. Sucks. 
<laughs> he wasn't looking for turds. By the way, <laughs> the hold on a minute. Him. Have you never seen the famous documentary about this called Looking for Turds? Looking. F- <laughs> okay. <laughs> created. Hilarious. How do they know when it was created? <laughs> and they're like, did they find like the Taco Bell remnants from the ninth century AD? <laughs> okay. They ate the receipt. That's hilarious. Okay, so it was found in 1972 <laughs> beneath the site of what was to become the York Branch. Oh my God, that is hilarious. It was found under the freaking bank. I thought the bank... Wait, this is now... This is very funny. Dan, thank you. Dan always finds the best shit. Literally. No, actually, Andrew found the best shit. <laughs> Technically, you didn't find the best shit. Literally. Oh, my God. This is so funny. I just saw something that's making me laugh so much. <laughs> Can you imagine your Lloyd's Bank? Imagine what if it had been, what if it had been like, um, you know, like a baby shoe store or something like so innocent. And like, oh, this is the pee in the pod uh, desiccated shit. It was found under a pee in the pod in Schenectady. It says here, so it's found under the Lloyd's Bank. I thought that they insured it, which, by the way, I had respect. I was like, yeah, insure it. Um, maybe the largest example of fossilized human feces ever found. And apparently, they've not been to uh, my hotel room. No, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Wait. <laughs> what? I don't know. Measuring eight inches long and two inches wide. Ladies, International Women's Day. <laughs> International Women's Day. Analysis of the stool has indicated that its producer, okay, uh, IMDb credit, IMD, <laughs> okay, IMDb credit. <laughs> I bet. I better get a credit on I am duty. I better get a credit on I am duty for producing this. I'm going to shit literally. Subsisted largely. Uh oh, this is how you know it's in England. Subsisted largely on meat and bread. Whilst, whilst the presence of several. Oh my God. This is horrible. You read this? The presence of several no. hundred parasitic eggs suggests they were riddled oh. with intestinal worms. Aww. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil myself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This and the Batman. <laughs> or this is this is a new movie yeah. Robert Pattinson yeah, called exactly. The Scatman. Okay, I'm so fucking good. I'm telling you, we gotta do late night records all the time. I am duty. Come on. I love when I'm like proud of myself for thinking of something. Okay. In 1991, the York archaeological trust employee and, and this is, this is hysterical. Are you ready? Paleoscatologist. Now here's a question. This guy's name is Andrew Jones. So this is the Andrew made international. This is, this is literally the funniest thing I've ever read in my life. And I actually, I'm sorry that I even doubted you for one split second to be like, is this me? <laughs> Andrew Jones made international news. This paleoscatologist with his appraisal of the item for insurance purposes. I got to sit up for this because I got to do an accent. This is the most exciting piece of excrement I've ever seen in its own way it's as irreplaceable as the crown jewels <laughs> he's right hold on a minute by the way if I ever am an Oscar nominee guess what I'm wearing around my neck <laughs> I'm like put a chain on it 
<laughs> this is so. This is the most. Can we can we look this man up? Paleoscatologist. I got to see what this dude looks like. Because first of all, is he German? Number one question. Paleoscatologist. Uh, right. By the way, I just realized I'm being so loud. <gasps> yes. 2016, paleoscatologists dig up stools as precious as the crown jewels. Wait, there's a big old... Hold on. This article in The Guardian has a picture of this piece of shit. It is so big. It looks... It is so big. It, by the way, it's so phallic. I'm sorry. Look at this one. Dan, look at this. Wait. Where? This is so foul. I'm so sorry, but also... Wait, I sent it to you. Wait, look at Andrew. Do you know what his middle oh. name is? This paleoscatologist, his, middle, his name is Andrew Bone Jones. <laughs> they call him Bone. No. <laughs> oh, do you see? Look how, look how dick-shaped it is. Look wow. at that. Very, yes. I mean, that's a real Viking. These yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Huh. Wait, I want to, let me see the rest of this. The layers, uh, okay, it says here, the layers that covered the piece of shit were moist and peaty. Mm-mm. They preserved not only the shit, but also timber, textiles, and leather. So it's on display, on, on display. Good night. It's on display uh, at this York Archaeological Trust. <gasps> no. No. What? Somebody Close. In 2003, it broke into three pieces after being. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad when the guy made it. I bet he's like from heaven being like, What? I wish that would happen when it was coming out. It broke into three pieces after being dropped, whilst on exhibition to a party of visitors, and efforts were taken to reconstruct it. Oh my God. What were they using to bind it? I can't believe it broke into three pieces. Maybe that's why it has those splits in it. Now I'm seeing the shape makes more sense a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. I can't, can you no, imagine you're, right. you're the person who broke I mean, how is there not a movie about this? The person at the party who broke it. <laughs> I mean, they're passing around this ancient piece of shit, literally. And you drop it? Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. <laughs> wait can i please keep reading i'm sorry you know what's funny they were like um, yes. please limit it to 30 minutes i was like you got it <laughs> poor christian you know she's so lovely and this is who we're interviewing after this she's so great Kristen. we love you so much please don't be mad but this is important this is science now hold on this interview says this shit is only seven inches long so which is it wiki shittypedia is it eight or seven mm. Well, that's right? interesting. So, maybe be, maybe before they yeah, reconstructed right. it. They lost an inch. Uh, this is an interview with this Andrew Bone Jones, scatologist by Kirsty Brewer. On reflection, the mm. canteen was probably not the best place to loudly conduct an interview about poo and parasitic worms. I'm locked in already. <laughs> the conversation was not intended to spill into the lunch hour, but Dr. Andrew Bone Jones, an enthusiastic paleoscatologist for over 30 years, had plenty to say. <laughs> we gotta get him on the show. We have to get him on the show. I need Andrew Bone Jones, enthusiastic scatologist, his opening gambit. I want to see this. Forget the Queen's Gambit. Give me the Scat Gambit. 
want to see. <laughs> Just big duty chess pieces. I'm seeing it on the ceiling tonight. Okay. <laughs> did you know, this is, dis- okay, Dr. Andrew Bone Jones. Did you know the biggest parasitic nematode, that's worm, in the world is nine meters in length and is only found in the placenta of a sperm whale? Classic Andrew. Jones, this is so funny. Okay, picture, okay, in your mind, listener, close your eyes. I want you to picture what you think a paleoscatologist looks like. Now I'm going to read you something, and I guarantee you this fact I'm going to read you make clicks with your image. Jones, rarely seen without a bow tie. Of course he wears bow ties. <laughs> Someone who studies ancient shit for a living every morning is like, goo, 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 like pulling it and leaving. Is an archaeologist who specializes in excrement, scatology, and parasites, parasitology. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Now officially retired. What? what? Andrew. Come on. I guess once you've reached this I guess like, once you level, find a nine inch long shit under a bank, you're like, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They gave him a gold watch. They're like, here you go. Okay. (laughs) He spent over three decades working for the York Archaeological Trust. It was there in the trust's archives he discovered the fabled Lloyd's Bank turd. That's what it says. (laughs) A hefty specimen belonging to a Viking with very itchy bowels, believed to be the largest intact piece of fossilized human feces ever found. Guys, when, okay, listen, sometimes, look, let's talk about it. There's, there are times where sometimes, and I, it's, it's been a minute for me because I think I have some real, like, digestion issues, where, like, you can make one where you're like, I wish I could take a picture of this and, and show it to my children. You know what I mean? Oh, Once in yeah. a blue moon, yeah, oh, it and it just, drops. in one piece, and you're like, this is the greatest moment. This is the greatest thing I've ever produced on IMDb. Okay. <laughs> but let me just say... I wish that mine could also be fossilized and put in a museum, you know, like in all seriousness. I don't know about these Vikings. What? You have to, to start shooting underneath banks. <laughs> Done. Easy. Somewhere. Today, yeah. the stool, as precious as the crown jewels, according to Jones, can be seen at the Jorvik Viking Center in York. The most exciting thing about it, he says, are you ready? Is the infestation of eggs discovered inside. I'm like sick, actually. I feel sick. A parasitic Gross. worm that was in the insides of our ancestors. Okay, dirty. They bore through tissue and have been known to emerge from every orifice of the human body. Okay, I can't read this. No, He said, isn't that on. horrible? With an infectious glee? That's what yeah, he said. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, another common discovery in old fecal matter are trichurus nematodes. Dan, isn't that the supplement you're taking? <laughs> god i'm good god i'm good (laughs) or whipworms they can be whipworms that can be found living Hmm. in their uh hundreds inside the gut what the biggest infestation jones ever found was three thousand worms they were in part of every (laughs) these worms have been an everyday part of people's lives children would pass them people would cough them up They'd be particularly prominent at the end of people's lives. I didn't know that we lived with worms like that. What? I I really don't want to have worms. I don't. (laughs) Dan, is that the secret? Are you taking worms? That's why you're looking skinny. Listen, I think my most interesting discovery is just how widespread parasitic diseases were in Western Europe before the introduction of flush laboratories. Okay, blah, blah, blah. We go on to talk about worms that, okay, this is good. The worm shit has to stop. It's like too much. 
Yeah. While yeah, there is so much gross. emphasis on appreciating the marvels of the latest Venus statue to be found in a pit in Tunis, this is so pretentious, or the like, it is the excrement unearthed alongside these marvels that can tell us how real people lived. I mean, it's interesting, actually. Yeah. That is true. I mean, he's right. He's right. He says here, um, parasitologists meet irregularly. LOLOL. You know that they put that in there on purpose. Uh, and can be found funny. in clusters at mummy conferences. What? I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> what? There are mummy conferences? Mummy conferences. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go. Oh my God. That's so fun. Do you think they have like toilet paper wrapping contests? The like ice breaker? <laughs> That is so fun. Oh my God. Okay, wait, where was I? I got excited about the idea of that. Like, can you imagine you, you're like, you're going to stay at Hilton for a wedding and you just see all these like old weirdos. You're like, what is this? So like mommy conference. Can you believe? Same weekend as my wedding. <laughs> okay. Um, up the Andes or in the churches in Italy where there are specimens ripe for medical examination. Oh Lord. Jones will often find himself in damp waterlogged sites. Most recently, he has done work in Pompeii with the University of Bradford, taking scrapings of oh. white encrustations found inside pipes and Roman toilets. I got to stop here. When I stayed at famously the Soho House in Rome, I mean, uh, Dr. Bone Jones should get his ass over there because the whole hotel smelled like shit. I swear <laughs> to God, there was shit coming up Needs from the papal scraped, times yeah. of the 15th century. It stunk. As a teen, how does one become a scatologist? I know you're asking. As a teen, what, what kind of teen do you think he was? Like a guy who studies like ancient shit for work? It's kind of amazing, honestly. Like, I'm not mocking the man. I kind of think it's awesome, to be honest. Yeah, no, he's cool. As yeah. a teen, Jones yeah. got involved in archaeological excavations. It was enormously sociable. And I discovered you could have fun exploring mud. I'm like, Dan, come on. <laughs> Fetish. Some of that was excrement, and I just fell into it. You don't say. His upbringing on a dairy farm in Devonshire meant he was never one to be prissy about poo. Cows aren't the most continent animals. They just crap anywhere when it suits them. So excrement was just part of... Are you laughing? So excrement was just part of my cultural heritage. Okay, who cares? He remembers the mixture of excrement and mud that the cattle would traipse through, a, a mess known in Devonshire as Stug. <laughs> stug. That better be a wordle word, so it's only four letters. Wait a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've seen some right old stugs in my time, I can tell you. It was hard to make a living. Um, people usually like don't just study shit, they move on to pollen, he says. Jones has expertise in fish <laughs> remains. Oh, jeez. He he must, like, love his stink. Is there a fetish where you love, like, bad yeah. smells? There's got to be. I believe there is. There was just, there was actually just a, a party in, uh, yeah, in New York. And it got, like, you know, these things come and go. Like, I've been in New York for a while. The, the BO mm -hmm. party is a thing that, like, comes and goes. But this one got, like, written up in the New York Times. Like, the guy was so proud of it. And, like, the, the last one... It was line just to have B.O.? Yeah, basically. It's, like, a no... Like, you know, it's, like, oh, pheromones God. or something. But um, but the funny part was, like, the, I think the last line of the little article was, like, they interviewed the bartenders, and they all said they, like, hated working on that. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Really not looking forward to it. By the yeah, way, yeah. of course. Anyway, this is almost done, but it says, uh, you've got to be prepared... 
to spend hours and hours looking down at microscopes, but you have to be sociable. And then you need to be able to write up your findings or nobody will know you found anything. Well, that seems obvious. Finally, it is important to keep a sense of perspective. Quote, because you're actually just looking at bits of excrement, let's face it, it's a bit odd, but I am proud to be called a scatologist and the world needs a small number of people like me. Classic words, small number. Small number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't want anyone inching into his territory. Oh, he's raising money for the, oh no, for the center. It was damaged in the floods of 2015. Can you imagine if the shit had floated away in the floods? I'm like, what is that? That's the Lloyd's Bank turd. Grab it. (laughs) Guys, that's the Lloyd's Bank turd. Wait, should I really go up? I have to be honest with you. If I could, if I knew how to drive in um, England, I actually would consider going. It's so funny. Were we going to also look at that? um, What was the thing like that golem we were going to go look at? The giant? Remember? Oh yeah, Cardiff the Cardiff giant. giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta go see. We have the all these. Giant. Dan's like a real Ripley's believe it or not when it comes to just everything on the planet. <laughs> but he really knows what I'm going to appreciate. <laughs> like that was very funny. So thank you, Dan. Um, I mean, please. The Lloyd's Bank turd is something. <sighs> my face is like every muscle in my mouth is just pulling back. It's so funny. Uh, well, listen. I don't know. Do we do a buffer convo before we welcome Kristen Chenoweth to the show? It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to go from this to Kristen Chenoweth. And yet we're going to. I love Kristen Chenoweth. I'm so excited. She's the best. So much fun. Yeah, she's awesome. I know. Do you want to sing anything with me? I'm kidding. Uh, Big plans ahead the the week, Dan. I'm just trying to buffer it out before Uh, Kristen comes here. Totally. Um, Any B.O. parties coming up? <laughs> no. All right. Well, Dan Acton, uh, always truly the best pleasure to see you and talk to you. And everybody who listens to the podcast, whenever I meet them, they always go, Oh, we love Dan. Everyone loves your laugh. They love you. Yes. Oh, that's nice. You're the best laugh in the biz, babe. Oh. Um, and you know I'm a Shaw, obviously, you know that already. Yeah. Should I take this? What is it called? Turkmenistan? Weigh in and weigh in in the comments. Weigh in in the comments below. (laughs) Um, We are going to say goodbye to Dan. Dan, we love you. Thanks again. And I think it's time we welcome our guest. Just someone I look at and it's like human Zoloft. Like I look at her face and I feel happy. I feel skinnier and lovelier and I'm glowing just seeing her. Not only is she an Emmy and Tony Award winning actress, I would say arguably the most talented person, especially per inch. You know what I mean? Like per inch, the most talent of maybe anybody on the planet. She has a new children's book out called What Will I Do With My Love Today? And I love that title so much. Uh, If you don't already, follow her on Twitter and Instagram at Kate Chenoweth. Just a dream come true, Kristen Chenoweth. I miss you and I adore you. How are you? Thank you for that beautiful introduction. B, I miss you too. New York misses you, but you know what? You're in my, I have to say, my second favorite city. Smart. I love London so much. And just Europe in general. And I'm a little jelly that you're there. I understand. That's why I did it. I pretty much came here to just make you furious. And my job here is done. It worked. (laughs) Congratulations. Wait, have you been, you must've been in the West End and done huge shows here. What shows are you in here? I have done, um, I have been lucky enough to have been offered shows, uh, long running shows on the West End, but I 
couldn't make it happen in my schedule, but I have done concerts at two at the Royal Albert Hall, my own there, one at the Palladium um, that that I of my own concert, and one at the Donmar. So I've played some of the best halls in the world that are in London, happen to be in the, you know, of every place in the world. Yeah. They're, they're stunning. I've sung in the pa- at the Palace. I've, oh, my God. Have you met the I've Queen? Lo- I've loved- you met the queen? No. Yeah. <gasps> and I and 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 um his majesty who recently passed. Oh yes. I really 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 love that family. I mean, I don't know them know them, but it was when we had President Obama and we were doing our state dinner where we give them a dinner, they give us a dinner mm-hmm. and um, I don't know how or why she knew of me, but um she said I like this little with this girl and I so <laughs> uh-huh. Mr. Uh, President Obama asked me to to come and, and sing on behalf of our country and I I, I asked I said could, I asked a little birdie over there that that uh, works at the palace and, and is involved with the family I said can you find out their favorite song and it was ironically from Oklahoma and you know, I'm from Oklahoma, Yeah. but it was people will say we're in love. <gasps> and so I, I surprised, I did about a 30 minute set and I kind of ended with that because you don't start with that when that's your favorite song. And I literally, cause they said, she's very stoic, you know, she's very professional, very, they told me there was a tear no. in her and then he was so lovely came right up to me after it was over like literally was like come come and just like and I got you know a personal connection I feel I, that I felt I felt and you know they probably make a lot of people feel that way but um I, I have a very um I am one of the people in this world that likes the monarchy that there's many and that there's, you know, there's always going to be haters that we don't need. I like the monarchy and I'm not British, but I like the monarchy. I like, I like the tradition of it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think it helps that you're not English because I feel like a lot of people here in England have their issues with them, but I'm, from, I'm from the camp and I don't know why we can't do this where I like everybody. I like Harry and Meghan. Okay. I like the monarchy. And I really mean that. Like I... I like the drama involved, Kristen. I'm not going to say that I don't read the Daily Mail because I do. Okay. I mean, who doesn't read the Daily? Especially fun when you're in it and it's not true and you read it and you go, but look what else I'm learning about. I, I don't know. It's <laughs> there's just something about the place. And it's just when I'm not there, I miss it. I got you. And, yeah. And I will, and I will return i've been trying to figure out we've been trying to work on bringing a show that i've done before a broadway show to to, for a limited run but with everything that's going on Mm -hmm. i'm just waiting a little bit more uh safety when to come to go over there right now well you know what i mean i mean a hundred percent and i'll tell you it's like mad max here like nobody even when the uh mask mandate was happening people here they they welcome death is what i've decided i had to come to that conclusion that they all just have a death wish like they want to die that's why they drink so much um that's why they act just i mean genuinely you know what i realized having been here now i've spent almost six months here for the past year like i'm almost at my visa max 
The weather is so depressing that really by month four or five, like my teeth started to rot. I'm drinking more. I'm like, oh, I now understand why everybody like I got wind burn. You know what I mean? I look old. I came here looking radiant and I'm looking at pictures now from even last year. And I'm like, I look fucking old because of this cold, you know, loveless country. When you said the queen shed a tear, I actually thought to myself, that was probably the last bit of moisture in her body. They don't drink water here. (laughs) <laughs> they don't what? drink. They don't hydrate here. They drink beer. She dr- I she loves a gin. She's 95. She God will. bless. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't blame her. Can't blame her on that one either. You know what's funny is if you think about this this is what I thought too. I I came to really understand in my tiny little head and from my <laughs> tiny little town that they're so much older they have so much more history they have so we are such a young baby country that of course we're going to be like they have a death wish no they've just been to the picnic rodeo yeah. barbecue and they're probably like eh you know we, we are so, You're right. so young and that's the way i kind of because i i can get over the architecture oh it's the most you know, beautiful place Yes, I went to New Orleans. I was like, wow, this reminds me of France. France. Well, duh. You know, that's what the whole city was like sort of based on. That's how I but, feel at the uh, the, Par- the Parisian in Vegas or what is that called? The Paris. <laughs> like when I go to the Venetian. Can I the you? Venetian in Italy. The I get Venetian. It. I, get I was in Venice. Kristen Chenoweth. This was maybe two months ago. I was there. It was empty. It was really a magical time to be there because oh. of COVID. There weren't a lot of people there. And I was walking around and I go. It, Venice is unbelievable. But I was walking and I thought, it's not that different from the Venetian when they're like those old guys carving your clay busts and doing caricatures there. There's something, if you've never been to Italy, it's close. You can almost fool the mind that you've been, don't you think? A little bit. <laughs> Just go to Vegas and hit every country. You yes, know, and 100%. You're right, though, about the history here. And I have to tell you, when, one of the reasons I love being here and why I've spent so much time, funny people and also... I always feel cute. Like if I'm in Hampstead or Marlebone or one of these like Bridget Jonesy kind of neighborhoods, I immediately feel young and cute versus like Hell's Kitchen, where I feel like a the hunchback of Notre Dame. And I'm, you know what I mean? You get it. Have you ever felt cute in Hell's Kitchen in your whole life? I know no. Not once. <laughs> Thank you. Not once. Thank you. Exactly. Not once. I'm bringing up a good point. There is something. Can I just say this too about, and I lo- I'm a proud American. You know I am. Same. I feel like we compete so hard. And I know there's competition in, for how you look in, in every part of the world. But it, there's almost like a feeling there that like, you know, we've graduated. Yes. You guys knock yourselves out. And it's something to admire because especially when I go to L.A. And I'm, I, I live there as well, but it's not... It's, it's very uh, how you look. And eventually you can start getting like crazy, like, oh my gosh, I don't look, I don't look right. I don't look right. And that's ridiculous. It's that's very ridiculous. American. I have to completely agree. When I lived in LA and the joke is that I wasted my most beautiful years. I was there from 30 to 35 <laughs> and I felt like Jessica Tandy. I was like, okay, I'm going to actually off myself because everybody here was implants and the Botox. And this is before I Botoxed, you know, 
and here you're right. They accept being haggard. And I'm not saying that as a dig, but it's really true yeah. that they just don't care in the same kind of a way. And it's very refreshing, even fashion wise, outside of like a Knightsbridge and a Chelsea where they really get dressed up, you know. It's relaxed. They can, they look all, they look like Mary Poppins or Mrs. Doubtfire. They just give up. And I like that too. I know. Well, then that's kind of attractive, to be honest. Let's not, let's not get crazy. Listen, Kristen, one of the, (laughs) listen, I know you're trying to keep your fans over here. As I brush my teeth, it has that lighted (laughs) utensil in it so that my teeth become wider. I'm dying. By the way, you really do look good, though. I haven't seen you for like, well, pre-pandemic. I don't think we've talked probably in two years. Um, And of course, I love interviewing you in person because it reminds me of like when Jay Leno would be next to Shaq because I'm like so tall and you're so petite. (laughs) You're so tall and I'm so short. Remember when we very first like we, we very first met? I it nearly was, bodyguarded you to the lobby. I was like, I love my little angel over here. But I feel like a lot's happened since I talked to you. You're married. Yes. You got married. I'm engaged. Engaged. I'm engaged. Forgive me. Um, no, it's okay. Can yeah. we talk about your engagement? Let's talk about it. Because yes. last time I saw you, you were in a relationship. But I feel, I'm going to say this, and this is on a Zoom. I see the oh. engagement glow busting through your face. And it could be that green juice you're sipping. I don't know what it is, but you really look good. What's going on with you? Honestly, I am happy overall. Now, there's a misconception about me. I I always say this to people because they think it's rainbows and glitter and unicorn all Mm. the time for me. And and of course, it, it would appear that I have no problems. I don't have bad days. That's, of course, bullshit. Um, I'm human. These past two years have been a real, like, I went from 180 to zero, like you. Mm. We don't stop. Yeah. And when you stop, you have to, you have no choice but to listen harder. And at this great man in my life is just showing me who he is over and over every day. And I never was one that needed that piece of paper or, and, and he, and he did say to me early on, you know, that would be important to me one day that, that, that just is. And I went to Canada. I shot a great, we had a blast. Um, it was right at the height pre pre vaccination for a schmigadoon for TV. Such a funny show. Yeah. So funny. But three, three months later, or maybe two and a half months later, I come back and it was around Thanksgiving. And I said to him, I, I'm never going to let you go. Oh. I think being away, also, even though Canada is our good friends, mm. we're still foreigners. We're still our foreigners there, right? And I missed my, I missed my guy. I and that. then that kind of just changed. This whole time, I think it's either brought people together 100%. or split them up everybody it's i mean i sometimes in my low points i'll go on the real real and look at all the engagement rings that are for sale and just think <laughs> that's at a low point after like swiping for an hour and i'm like well they're out there Kristen. you know what i mean like there's every single ring is a person back out there and i well, really remember yeah. remember i've been again twice before and runaway bride and it's marriage is so much more than a freaking ring i know because you got to actually live with the person. Well, listen, I, I've never been married, but I watch so much 
horrible reality TV that is centered around the concept of marriage. I mean, well, I know you and Andy are the best of friends, my yeah. my king. Um, yeah. But are you watching? Can I ask you a question? Not to like segue into garbage. I'm but, sure I'm watching it, but go ahead. Okay, that's my gift. You know that segueing straight into the trash. Oh, I think you're a great segueist. Is that a word? Oh, it sure is. I like back up on my segue out of the frame. Listen, have you watched Married at First Sight or Love Is Blind and or? Okay. All right. Now we're okay. in a fight. We're in a fight. I feel it happening. Happy <laughs> Nick. First of all, Mar- Married First Sight, I don't know whether to cry or laugh. I watched this during Canada. I thought, well, what a, I, you know, what am I, what am I going to watch? Yeah. Um, Love is Blind. I have not seen season two, but I watched season one. And I have to say, watching people fall in love that haven't seen each other. Mm. There was such a, it was such a um, a great experiment, if you will, and I and I would be anxious now. Just what I really like for them to do, um, Vanessa and Nick. I hope you're listening because we all tuned in. Is well, I'd like to see who actually lasted. Yes. Well, I I'm very excited for your journey into season two because I've seen every episode, and I will tell you. And I'm very honest. You know, I don't get paid by Netflix or anybody to talk oh, it up neither, or down. Neither. Neither. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. What? It's phenomenal. What? It's very, very good. And I wouldn't lie to you because I'll tell you something. This season of Married at First Sight, and I actually have been paid by Lifetime, amazingly. Lately, <laughs> remember when I was on television for like five seconds? Amazingly, I find it a little boring. There's only like two couples that I'm really enjoying, which is Lindsay and um, that it's boss. It's not like us. You agree. It's, it's, not, like it's not as yeah. good. I'm disappointed. I am too. And that guy that they put Lindsay with, who has like no lips and um, plucked eyebrows, the guy from Boston wouldn't who's happen. like, yeah, wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. They're both horrible. I'm like, sometimes I feel that horrible people end up together. And that's like my ideal because it's two bad people out of the way. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like cancel yes. each other out. Good luck to the both of you. And it happens a I lot. Love it. I love the answer. <laughs> it happens a that lot. That means no room for us, the good people. <laughs> That's, well, you would hope so, but then you also know how many assholes are still floating around there, and we've all been tricked, certainly. But Oh, yes. But oh, wait, yes. What, do you th- what do you think about the idea of marrying without, like, arranged marriages? Because we've seen it work, but do we, th- <laughs> people are selfish now, maybe. Oh, we're totally selfish. Yeah. Hello? I mean, I don't know. I have a lot to learn from the younger generation. I'm 53 now, and I have to, I have a lot to teach as well, right? So it's full circle. But what is really hurting my heart for the younger generation is they don't they they're they life is so like um, the word no mm-hmm. or my my feelings like it now. There's something to for us to learn and take from that, which is. Like, be aware, you know, don't be so, like, not hardened, but there's got to be a happy middle in there, um, which is why we learn from each other and where, right. why we we remember our past so we don't hopefully continue to bang our head up against the wall and repeat our mistakes. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I've watched shows about arranged marriage. There was another one I can't remember. It took place in India. Oh. No, it took place in L.A. It took place in L.A., but it was on Netflix. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I, and I, I, think I, of the name. I, yeah. mm. I liked it a lot. Loved. And you know, it does, it can work, but here's the thing. Our world is changing and it's changing so fast. And if somebody can't, I think I did a quote 
on Twitter just the other day because I'm 53. I like Twitter. Um, (laughs) Just the other day, and I, I won't get the exact quote right, but it goes something like this. How can someone... How can you take someone along to grow with you if they don't like your growth? Because mm. we all we're always changing, evolving, and That's hopefully true. growing, becoming yes. better, right? And I don't know. I think if I'd been married to the person that I was engaged to when I was twenty, I'd be divorced for sure. And you know, I just think, well, I think that was lucky. So yeah, arranged marriages can work, but I find that would, would be more about just like luck and also, as my parents uh, say to me all the time, there there used to be a time, Christine, <laughs> when people just figured it out. Yes. You made it out and you figured it out. My parents. My parents. My parents too. Arguing, and also, like, they hate each other, Kristen. They literally oh, hate each other. Still married 50 years. Go on. My parents, I said to my mom one day, this was several years back, she, mom and dad were helping me get over an injury. I was very injured on a set and they came and I had to be for there for two months. And dad went to run, to run to CVS or something. I said, mom, what's the key? What is the key? She goes, oh, I just can't bear them. <laughs> and, and then she says, I love them so much. Yes. And I thought, there's some, there's something in there. That's it. There's. It has to be a real love, though. You know, I I feel like lately and I have friends and, you know, who've done this too, where people just get desperate. You know, I turned 40 last summer and it's one of the reasons actually why I'm here because. Baby, that's a baby. You're a baby. Okay, I knew that you would say I just love you so much, but I I just felt like I was like sort of aging out of New York in a weird way, maybe because I'd been there so long that I just Uh needed something new. I had like mild midlife crisis. I'm like, I got to leave New York for two minutes. I understand that. You know, I didn't want to get like smeared with feces on the train. You get that like oh I don't know why you didn't want that yeah I know some people in Germany like that it just like wasn't for me but the point is is that I do feel like people just get desperate they find someone and they're like let's do it you know but it's a huge mistake I know yes two years later we're getting the divorce they met you know you know look I've I have been Tom Fullery before. Yeah, of course. Men have presented, there's been men that have presented. And I've also had wonderful men in my life yeah. who I weren't, wasn't ready for at mm-hmm. the time. Um, I think a lot of it is in the timing. And I speak I speak this to you uh, as woman to woman. Thank you. As someone who lived longer than you. Mm. Okay. As someone who it happened for later in life. Mm. You cannot plan it. It will happen and it will not be any, I, people used to tell me this all the time. And by the way, I never really, my focus was diff, on different things. Same, I was a obviously, late yeah. bloomer. Mm. But I'm just, right. But I'm just telling you, be patient with yourself and know that there's no time limit. I love that. No she winked for those. This is for those who are just oh. listening. I got a wink. But I agree. I want you to I know agree. it. I actually agree. That's- and I'll 40, say, 30, girl. I agree. And I have to say that I feel I don't feel any pressure. And honestly, I've never really wanted to get married. Good. So it's not something outside of Good. visa purposes. Um, you know, I never really <laughs> wanted that. So, you know, for me, it's not even about that. But it's just I just had a moment at 40 where I was like, OK, I need like new chapter. Well, because, yeah. Because as women, we're supposed to do this and we're supposed to do right. that. And then at this age, we're supposed to have 2.5 children or we're supposed to. And even if you're not that woman that has those same desires in that order, 
you start to feel like, am I, is there something like, I, maybe, maybe I'm speaking for myself, no, no, no. but I bet some women out there will understand what I mean yeah. when I say, is there something wrong with me? No, literally. Every morning, some, like my literally. mantra gets me out of bed. What do you think of Noella and Sweet James? Cause I know you have some thoughts that Noella is very tough for me, Kristen. Um, I have a hard time with her. Okay. I'm glad that we agree on that. That was almost like a litmus test for us. I knew you would say it. I have a hard time with her. You're being very neutral. I love that. Okay, wow. I, I, I can't help it. It's and all I, can, all I can do is say, this isn't your life. <laughs> Just <laughs> I do envy her skeleton. Like, I look at her skeleton and I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be great to just be oh. like that? Have that skeleton would be a dream. She's so mm. She is a hanger. She's a clothes hanger. People, <laughs> you can put anything on her and it's going to look amazing. It's so unfair. And way, yes. That's, that's going back to the comparison that we do as women. I don't know about you, but I, I look at other women. I shop and I look, I shop and go, I like her shoes or oh, I like her dress or I like the coat. That's how I shop. Of course. I also spend all my money. Um, Kristen Chenoweth, <laughs> let's talk about your book because I know you have to go to our friend Seth Rudetsky, who I also adore. Wait, did you see Patty Lapone getting hit in the head with those flowers? I mean, I've watched it a hundred times. No, but I what? heard about it. Can you believe I haven't watched it yet? Kristen, I don't know it's why. a three second long clip. I, I've had it on what loop. Happened? What happens? She what goes, happens? she's on stage at company. She goes to take a bow and I'm sure a fan tossed some loose roses and it slammed her in the back of the head. It's perfect. I, I need you to look at it at some point. Um, I will. And I love her so much. Have you she been in her basement? Like, have you been to that basement? I've heard about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, we've done, we've done shows together. I love her. I know. You've worked with everybody. You know what? You know what? Well, no, that's not true. But I like a lot of people. I like a lot of people. But she... <laughs> When we did Candy, this opera together a long time mm, ago, what she wants is she wants people to be good at their job because they're hired to do it. And that goes from the crew to the driver to the lead. to, And I respect that. I, I love that. that. I, listen, she's one of the greatest performers we have. So you don't have but to I convince mean, me about how. Hello, roses in the face. Like no one, no one planned on that. True, you but know? you need to watch it. Remember when Tony Braxton got hit in the head on the Beauty and the Beast stage? Remember when she got slammed in the head? I always think about that. <laughs> There's so, been so many heading, slamming things on stage with me, too, that I just go, how am I even alive? I no. <laughs> wait, let's talk about the book, because I know, I know we don't oh, have yes. much time. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, wait. Sorry. It's a kid's book. What will I do with my love today? Um, yep. You Can I just say, your spirit is so infectious. Like, just talking to you, I want to... My dream is to not only have you as my therapist, but also, like, drink with you and then get the real shit from you, because I know you have some good stories. Number two and number three, I'm your girl. Has to happen. Absolutely. But, but this book, uh, I love the title and it has such a beautiful message. Tell everyone why you wrote it. Who is it for? The whole thing. I didn't set out to, uh, when the pandemic hit, I didn't really set out to write. I certainly write a children's book, but I began to notice our kids and how they were having to adapt. And also, how do we show our love by, with affection, right? Shaking hands or hugging or, you know, heck, we were told don't breathe each other's air pretty much still. And I, the question wasn't what will I do with my love? It was more of how am I going to show my love? Because I'm behind a mask and a cone. Mm. It's like a neutered. Anyway, I rescued my dog, Thunder, and before the pandemic mm-hmm. and two years prior. And she, and I'm an adopted person. And I started thinking about, that very question, 
what will I do with my love today? Because we're not supposed to do A, B, and C, and D. And it's basically me as a little girl and my thunder pup taking on New York and showing ways, to, showing how we show love. And it happens to be that I'm an adopted person. It happens to be that she's a rescue. I rescued her. And how you can be a family, not look alike, not even have the same interests, but but your family. And that's what the book is about. What will I do with my love today? I love it. And I love the selflessness that it brings because, you know, I have no kids. And um, Kristen, one of the reasons is because I've been to like the Stardust Diner and I've seen how those kids behave. And they're little, they're little animals, you know, and they just don't have, there's no discipline anymore. And she's laughing, but you know that I'm right. There is a lack of discipline happening. And I feel like part of the word word no. no, but also, but I love the, also the idea of giving love because that's a big one too, that I don't think is really being driven home enough in this sort of like TikTok obsessed, self obsessed culture. Yes. And that, that's why the book started with the question and ends with the same question. Mm. And whether you're five years old or 60, I hope we all are asking, especially of what we've all been through, not just in a America, but the entire world. Yeah, There's a war going on right now. Like, but we still have to, the more love we put out, the more we get. So it, it's actually selfish. <laughs> well, isn't everything though? Like, isn't even charity when you go like, I used to work at a nonprofit and I was like, why was it the best job I ever had in my life? Like, it just was the most fulfilling. I worked with elderly people and I would take them to the bathroom and things. And it's because you were doing something selfish. I mean, deep down, but I miss, yeah. I miss those elderly people. May they rest in peace. I know what you mean. And and then we have a lot to learn from them still. I know. And are they forgotten about in New York? A little bit. I felt that a little bit even during the pandemic. Didn't you? Yes, I I did. I know. It's a good time to plug God's Love We Deliver as well. You know, I love that nonprofit. Oh, yes. Yes. I love God's Love We Deliver. Yes, sis. I always yes. donate. That's like my number one place to donate because they give meals to people all over New York who are homebound and they can't sick. literally get out to eat. Literally can't, can't leave. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen, I know you have to go. Can I just say though, like you need to have like a Brene Brown TED talk. How do we get Kristen Chenoweth with the headset on that oh stage? God. You need to do well, that. I'm, I, I would be so scared. I mean, I know that's I not true. No, I would because first of all, I love Renee Brown. Who doesn't? Thanks no, for best. even putting me. You can borrow one of my ponchos. I have so many. <laughs> girl. I have ponchos <laughs> Girl, I got I ponchos galore. Come on over for the ponchos. Okay, continue. You would be so great I, at that. You know, Jaime Cahill, Jaime, the actor, he mm-hmm. was in Shemega Day. He gave me a poncho. I was like, oh, thanks. I love a poncho. <laughs> I have so many. Um, you as a t- I feel like there's a TED Talk in your future, and I don't know. It's Oh, I, I love that you put that in the universe. Thank you. That's I really mean it. I also was like very jealous that the um, Keep It people talked to you before me, because I love them too. And I felt a little confused. It, it was only scheduling. That's really true. Kristen Chenoweth is uh, genuinely one of my favorite people. I like that I'm talking about you in third person, but I'm also looking at you. And you need to go buy her book. Buy it for your nieces, your nephews, your children, kids in the neighborhood. It's called What Will I Do With My Love Today? It's available in stores now. Also follow her at Kate Chenoweth. Um, Kristen, I miss you. And when I'm back in New York, please come into the studio and hang out. 
you know I'm gonna, and I'll bring you whatever you miss the most. What do you miss the most about being home? Oh my god, that's a really good Food question. Wise. Food wise. Food wise. I, you know, I would say bagels, but it's not even. What do I miss? Like Israeli salad? I don't even know. salad. I'll bring you Sa- sweet I'll bring green. You a salad. Sweet green. That's what I'll I bring miss. you. Okay. That's what I will bring. I literally done done. eat loaves of bread here, like Jean Valjean, every morning. I can't. There's nothing but carbs. I mean, you don't even know what my life is, and I look awful. <laughs> Kristen, thank you. Have fun with Seth. Um, miss you, adore you. I miss you. Congratulations. Thanks, Kristen. Talk to you later. Bye. Congratulations, Bye. guys. That's midnight snack. I'm Michelle Collins. Thank you for joining us. Love you all. We'll see you next week. Midnight Snack is an Earwolf production, executive produced by me, Michelle Collins. Our producer is Anita Flores, and our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. Special thanks to my friend Dan Acton. You can listen to our ad-free episodes on Stitcher Premium. For a free one-month trial, use the code SNACK. Please rate and review Midnight Snack and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You can follow us on Twitter at MNightSnackPod. That's M-N-I-G-H-T-S-N-A-C-K-P-O-D. I love spelling. Midnight Snackers, we would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, questions, or topics we should chat about. You can leave us a voicemail on our party line at 331-901-0005 or drop us a line at MidnightSnack at Earwolf.com. For more of me, tune into the Michelle Collins Show live weekday mornings from 7 a.m. Eastern Time on Radio Andy, Sirius XM 102, and on the Sirius XM app. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.